This is MFG Out Loud. Courageous conversations about sales and marketing for today's manufacturers. With your hosts, Ray Zaganto and Allison DeFore. So episode 24, when we finally got there, uh, I think you had met Miss Lorraine Ball, who yes. runs an agency uh, in Indianapolis, I think. Yes. Uh, she's, she's Hoosier, not, but she's not a Hoosier. By a sister from another her. mister, right? Yeah. And and at the time, when it's, it's still pretty impressive because by episode 24, we were still, uh, and still are, podcast novices. And uh, I, I think Lorraine has something like 500 probably close to 600 podcast episodes under her belt right now. So that's crazy. Uh, She's about, the Maven. Oh man. Talk about a, a content machine and, and knows her way around. Uh, she has so many great insights on um, the, the, the B2B the, the working with distributors, mm-hmm. uh, the building products uh, distribution side of things and how that had, uh, had all uh, kind of evolved. And I, and I, I remember one of the things she, she had brought up and I'll throw this one out there for, for conversation. He says, you know, you need to use uh, more of what you know about your customers, meaning data uh, to create an experience for them. That's not limited to your products. So she yes. was really, she was really working with the distributors. It's like, Hey, you're out there and you're talking to them what are the real issues that the ultimate end customer is having? And I remember part of it revolved around having mm-hmm. conversations about some accounting and costing, you know, stuff that you wouldn't think of as a distributor, but if you brought in an expert or held a webinar or something, you've just added a lot of value uh, for the, the people in your, in your group, your, your business partners. And I just thought that was such great insights. Because uh, she she's been on the inside, I know, working with really large companies, yeah. and and now working with the distributors that might sell to the smaller, uh, and the thing she she really kind of gets that end to end, you know, side of things. Any recollections stand out on your end? I, I think you were on her podcast uh, at one point, weren't you? Yes, or- yes, uh, she did have me on her podcast, and it was so much fun. It, it her podcast is ten minutes. So we had to pack in a whole lot in 10 minutes. And um, she is just, again, such a generous marketer and content creator. And I would say, yeah, we learned so much from her about podcasting. Um, She's incredibly professional. And I think, yeah, her knowledge of working with distributors was just particularly interesting for any manufacturer that's listening that wants to do a better job mm-hmm. supporting your distributors. Yeah. Um, you know, cause most of them are relying on you yeah. to market for them and really drive those pull through sales. And a lot of, there's like a miscommunication. It's like, sometimes I think distributors are treated almost like the stepchild, um, you know, it, it, there's yeah. not a, I know there's a, there's a lot of room for opportunity and with your distributors and she, she's incredibly knowledgeable about how to do that. She was good. You're right. Cause she stressed, you know, kind of inviting them into the process. She also said one of the good gut checks is if the way you've been incentivizing, uh, you know, your distributors, you know, if it's the same now as it's been for five years, you really need a tune up. 
yeah because uh, it's like just everything has changed so much and so quickly so uh great insights lorraine ball check out her episode she's number 24 with us number one in our hearts uh <laughs> find her find her on linkedin and uh, <laughs> uh awesome lady uh, great talk about a content machine yeah um just putting out some great stuff Number 25, we had our friend Kathleen Burley from G Camp, Golden Quarter, uh, in, the, in the Chicago area. And uh, Kathleen shared generously about uh, her background, having owned and run a, uh, a manufacturing organization. I think she was in the, she had a distributor uh, at some point, started in sales, took over a business, sold that, relocated, got uh, got involved in a lot of stuff, like, like a bunch of us. If you're around long enough, you you get involved in a lot of things, but uh, what what great passion for the industry and for um, bringing that next generation uh, through, yeah. uh, getting them interested and involved in uh, in what's going on. She's uh, brings such passion and experience working at uh, the school board level, um, bridging yeah. that gap uh, between students and the manufacturing community, and even. She was the first one I would talk to when, when I first met Kathleen, because she's Chicago area like I am. When I first met her, and you know, the, the big push was a lot of the high schools were just now putting their shop, they were restarting their shop programs and those types of things. And I says, yeah, you got to get into the high school. She goes, I got news for you. High schools are even too late. She says, if you're not getting into the grade schools, and most importantly, talking to parents, yeah, about the opportunities in uh, in manufacturing, um, she says you're you're actually kind of behind the curve. But uh, she's been an, an early great supporter of MFG Out Loud, and we've returned the favor <laughs> along the way. And I know you've had some conversations with her along the way as well. Yeah, I I would say um, she is such a a contributor to you know solving the skills gap problem um and really uh yeah getting getting young people excited about manufacturing she's just like she's she's more than a cheerleader she's like a coach you know like i feel like she's at this this higher level and um just knowing her is yeah it's a great episode and and she's does a lot not not only for uh g camp you know golden corridor association of manufacturing professionals i hope i got that right uh they're they're in the chicago area she does a lot with them a lot of outreach uh to the to the businesses in the chicago land area a lot of outreach to the local uh schools everything from grade school to high school to community college and, and beyond um she does outreach in the in the uh, communities as well does a lot of work with uh like elk grove village which in the, I think in the United States, it, it's the largest, um, the community with the largest industrial park population, something like that uh, in yeah. the country, very pro-business. Um, and, and Kathleen's been a, been a huge supporter and sponsor and vice versa with, uh, with that group as well. So if, you, if you've got interest in uh, workforce development and what's going on and what are best practices, Kathleen's somebody you got to reach out to and uh and follow online and just just connect with her she knows a lot of stuff yes so true (laughs) awesome episode 26 was our uh, our first double header we had mr andy solomon 
uh, join us, who's involved in sales training with a very big organization. Uh, and Mark Roberts came to us uh, again as well. Uh, we were kind enough to meet Andy through through Mark, and uh, it was uh, it was really a great tag team uh, uh, episode uh, to learn what's going on. One of the the things that really stood out in our conversation with Andy and Andy was that you know you have to understand how your customer makes money if you're going to help them to make money. Uh, if you can help your customer make money, that's when that's what's going to make you the trusted advisor that differentiates you from everybody else. So very much you make it about them. I mean, how many guests have we had where we talk about this? You know, Mark Mitchell's advice. I've got 15 minutes. What do I do? Don't talk about you. Talk about them. Uh, you know, same thing, you know, Andy Solomon's, uh, you know, views on the, the importance of training um, you know, on how to sell. That's another one where, uh, you know, he and Mark were of, of like mind. So many times there's, there's training. Uh, let me say most salespeople have received more product training than they're ever going to use. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they know more about the widget and how it's made, but in, in reality, what really matters and resonates with the customer? Well, their problem, you know, good for you. You know how to make it. Here's, here's my problem. You know, how do, how do we get there from here? Yeah, I think <clears throat> I, had, I personally have never met a head of sales that has created such an incredible training program yeah. for, their, for their sales team. And it's just True. amazing. Yeah. Yep. And the, the results. The that he goes to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he really, he sweats the, the training you know, and the detail side of it, he doesn't buy into the myth of the, the salesperson that is, that is just a born salespeople. Yeah. So, hey, no question. Some people take to it better and easier than others. And some people are predisposed to be hunters versus farmers, but without training, you're, you're, you're not going to be particularly good at either one of them. Uh, yeah. Or you're leaving a lot of money on the table, you know, at the very best. So uh, yeah, Andy, Andy has lived it. Mark trains it. <laughs> so it's, yep, that was, that sure. was an awesome episode. They really enjoyed having those guys, you know, back on the show. And number 27, one of our, one of our more popular shows, this is another yes. one where uh, correlation and causality, this was the one I wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> and, and you handled this one and what happens big hit. So, uh, but you did an awesome job. It was great topic. Tell us and remind us a little bit about your, your conversation with Brent. Yeah, Brent Hardman from Powell um, Solutions. Wow. He went from intern to CEO. Yeah. Now, obviously not, you know, it didn't take 10 minutes. He's been with the company 24 years, but such a an incredible story. I personally think that's why it's our most uh, watched and listened to episode mm -hmm. to date is because of the story. He started there right out of college and then the opportunity came about to buy the business yeah. and he and two partners purchased this. And then it was, how are we going to carry on when the owner passed away and he was such a huge presence, like the company, the identity, was, was so much um, tied with, with the former owner. And so 
talk about an amazing job to talk about su- su- succession planning. Right. <laughs> um, and I know a lot of people talk about it, but he said, you know what, unless you really spend the time to create that plan, yeah. he said, it, it's, you've got to, yeah. you've got a plan for what if, uh, especially if your business is so inextricably tied to the owner or, the, you know, the founder, he said, you have to plan ahead. And um, so many good quotes came from him. It was a, such an amazing, such an amazing episode. You'll learn so much from his journey. And he said, you know, continuously asking yourself, why are we doing this? He said, always ask why. And that's the same thing I tell clients is start with why. If the why is clear, the how to's will appear all around you. And he said, you know, always ask, why are we doing this? And then go. He said, don't stop and wait and ponder it forever. Mm. He said, that's one of the secrets to their success is especially when the owner was alive. He'd say, sure, you're going to mess up. But that's just part of the day to day. It's the only way forward. And Brent said that was one of the greatest lessons he learned from the previous owner was Failing is okay. Yeah. It's the only way to grow. And so, yeah, talk about, I think that's why it's the most popular episode is his story is so down to earth and um, God, the knowledge that this guy has, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and what they've done with the, you know, the business, you know, gl- you know, global players, advanced technology, everything yeah. about it. I, I agree. The quote, I, the quote I had taken from there as well is, a great leader gives people permission to fail. Turning a failure around uh, leads to immense opportunity. And, yeah. and I think if there was anything he carried forward from the founder and that that legacy culture, it was you know what that's the nugget because that that's timeless. You know yeah. that's uh, that's that's a timeless touchstone that the organization can always build and innovate upon. That's, that's awesome. Well, I think the fact that they've made bleach cool, (laughs) you know, is, is another testament to their marketing. They rebranded sadly before he met me and, um, but they have done such a, what's that? I was going to say, think how much cooler it could be. I know. Right. No, just, I mean, they're in 40 countries and that is no small feat. And they are a, they're in St. Louis, Michigan. So there's, they're this, you know, small manufacturer in St. Louis, Michigan, which I never knew there was a St. Louis, Michigan. And, uh, and they made, they made producing bleach cool. And it's just, it's a matter of not just coming up with crafty messaging, Mm -hmm. right. Or, or smoke and mirrors marketing. Um, It's really authentic. And it's about understanding your audience and understanding what matters to them and then speaking their language. And I think that's one thing they're really good at it, pal. Yep. They absolutely are. That was, that was a a great episode. Great episode. 28th. We had Mr. Terry Iverson. Um, Terry. 
what a what a great guy uh, working on the the next chapter of his career. A gentleman who took over the family machinery distribution business, you know, as a as a young guy, uh, and and built it up. I've certainly known of Iverson Machine uh, since you know my entire time in manufacturing in the Chicago area, uh, and to have the opportunity to get acquainted. And not only talk shop about, you know, that business and his journey and those things, but that that next chapter uh, that he's involved in to get uh, to to get young people into the trades, into manufacturing, get them interested and excited. Yes, I'm grab I'm grabbing his book. Ah, OK, good. Good. He's, you know, and, and a guy that's that's so generous with his 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 time, knowledge and, and experience. Hold up the book there. Let's, uh, I am going to hold it up. Okay. There we go. There we go. Finding, Finding America's, America's Greatest Champion. That's the one. That's the one, which he wrote, as I understand it, pretty much all in one go on a flight to Taiwan. Oh, you got the signed version. <laughs> I actually have a couple that I would be happy to give anybody listening who emails me for free. There so let go. me know. There you go. And Terry not only makes the case for why, you know, we need more, you know, young people back in, in manufacturing to get interested and involved in the, in the trades, you know, there, there's, there's plenty of folks waving banners and, and statistics around, but he's, he's actually doing something about it. And he's, yeah. he's created a not-for-profit, you know, organization. He lectures continuously. He sponsors, um, you know, summer camps for kids and it's, this isn't where you, you know, go sleep in the woods and sing Kumbaya. It's, it's come through a company or whatever. And he's, he has sent machinery down so kids could gain experience on these th different types of, you know, grinding or, or milling machines, those types of things, just to, you know, see it and experience it. Because for, for a lot of these kids, they've never even been around it and, right. and just have no idea, uh, you know, what it's all about. And what I, I particularly enjoy about, about Terry is he's, He's he's multi generational, mm -hmm. you know. This is a, a person, you know, writing the, the the next chapter of his career. Been at it, you know, forty plus years, and he's very much about what can what can I learn from the younger generation. And I love one of his quotes. He says, "You know, you know, millennials or you know other generations, they don't think like boomers, and that's not a bad thing." He says they're able to reverse mentor us which I thought was an interesting concept. I love that. And we can always learn more. So I think that's so important, yeah. you know, in our industry to not feel like, oh, you know, I'm a young person is going to come and look, talk to somebody that looks like me, you know, or whatever, and think they're going to get talked down to. That's that's not the case. Like, trust me, we're learning new tricks. <laughs> and, it's, yeah. and and Terry's leading that charge and uh, was, uh, was a wonderful guest to have on. Yeah, definitely don't miss that episode. He's he's a generous human and he is making a difference in manufacturing by exposing uh, young people to all the possibilities. So yep, yep, can't thank yep. him enough. No, that's that's awesome. And and speaking of young people in manufacturing, relatively speaking, uh, episode 29, we had Tom Hilaris uh, yes. from Ergo Seal. What a great story. There was our uh, millennial in manufacturing, but... Uh, really learned so much about about his journey and and his business and how he's brought it along and it's it's really one of those uh business transition success stories uh, yes. uh, that's happened and that's 
that requires a pretty unique environment, a pretty unique family, um, you know, a great culture and, and the things that Tom's been able to do since taking over uh, the business. I think we talked about on the episode within his first year, if I'm not mistaken, he had, uh, he did two acquisitions, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, you know, basically stuff it would take most business people, you know, a lifetime or a full career to be able to accomplish, you know, he pretty much pulled off in the first year and then it was like, okay, next, uh, but he, you know, and he, he's, he's done such, such cool things, uh, you know, with the business. He, he really is a benchmark that I, I regularly point to, uh, when I'm on other podcasts or talking to clients and, and those types of things. Do you have any, uh, any recollections you wanted to point out? Yes. The one thing that I loved about his story is, you know, I know a lot of us have come in contact with, you know, family businesses. You and I had one of our earliest episodes of this podcast was about the family business. And it's funny, most manufacturers that I work with are or started out as a family business. And I think the cool thing about Tom is, well, and we've all seen this, you know, you have the kids who are, maybe they're a little spoiled. They, and then they just get the keys handed to them when dad retires. And it's like, you know, you didn't really work for it. And we've all experienced, you know, and then all the employees are like, Oh shit, you know, this is going to be a train wreck. Yeah. Well, man, Tom is the complete opposite. I mean, this guy worked in every position from what I recall and just really has a, an appreciation uh, for the employees, for the values, their talents and the, you know, the years that they've put in and really like, man, if I could had to work for a company business where the kids took over, I'd say Ergoseal. I mean, yeah. The, the culture is just, it's truly incredible. And, and the thing, the, the culture is phenomenal and the, the attitude to continue to, to innovate. And what I really liked and the thing I point out is that a lot of what he's accomplished, he had the idea. It's like, I'm thinking of doing this thing that I don't typically see small businesses doing. And he went out and kept asking and he found resources. And it doesn't mean hire big eight accounting firms or consultants and stuff. He, he can rattle off a, a, a list of, you know, uh, trade organizations, um, you know, MEPs, yeah. uh, you know, all kinds of different, you know, state run things. He went and, and found sources for help that were either inexpensive or free. Uh, talk, he's not afraid to talk to peers uh, to get advice about how to do stuff. And it's just kind of taking that fearlessness, which I'm sure was there when his father started the business you know, and, and everything else. And, and that's what uh, I think the, the next generation really has the ability to bring is this, yeah. this openness to bring in other ideas. He brought them in and ran with them and, and he's building an awesome business. He really is. He's doing some stuff at his size that, that big companies with plenty of resources should learn from uh, yeah. and, and be doing. And that's, uh, uh, that, that was cool. We're glad to have him on board. Yeah, definitely check out that episode um, and follow Tom Hilaris on LinkedIn. He is an amazing millennial and uh, I think really dispels the myths that some of us um, that exist about millennials, what they're like, what they're, he, he was a, he was a treat. Yeah, it was. 
You know, he's a great, great guy. Coming up on episode 30, we had Mr. Jack Burley, who was now, now here's another story. When we talked to Jack, he was vice president of engineering and sales, which in and of itself was a, was a weird combination, but made for an awesome episode uh, that we had. And, and we'll get, we'll get to the meat of that episode, but I just wanted to remind our audience and our listeners that when we talked to Jack, he was vice president of engineering and sales. Now he's the president of the company. Just saying. See what happens when you come on this podcast? See, I'm just saying. I just, <laughs> you know, was it because of us? Anyway. Anyway. Maybe. Anyway. It's, it's, <laughs> what, what, a, what a great guy. Learned, learned so much. Um, so engaging. The whole conversation, I remember, started about the Book of Boring. Yes. Uh, and, and where that came from, you know. Talk about, you know, baptism by fire, the organization he was with, you know, send him, I think, to, you know, Germany. To Switzerland oh. or wherever. Yeah. Yeah to, yeah. to learn the business. And at the time, gosh, whatever it's been, 25, 30 years ago, uh, you know, international travel wasn't like it is now. You went to the factory, you had a meal in your hotel and you sat in your room. Yeah. And uh, they gave him a, uh, the book of boring because their company was into boring bars and machining and all kinds of different stuff like that. And and uh, it taught him the importance of really knowing, uh, you know, what it is that you do and where the value add comes from. And uh, um, what, a, what a great journey he took us on, uh, yeah. you know, as an engineer that, that was put into the sales function and how he built some process around that and just looked at, well, the customers that buy from us seem to be the ones that we help solve problems for. So why don't we be talking? Why don't we talk to them on a more regular basis about how we solve problems? And what was, what was their statistic? I think they've been blogging. Is it every month or four times a year? It's, I think it was every month and it's been how many years? Like 10 years. Crazy. Like yeah. way before blogging was cool. Yeah, and certainly it had to be one of the earliest, you know, in the manufacturing yeah. space to be to be doing that, and just just with some some real leading edge insights about about how to engage with and solve problems, you know, for their customers because that's their bread and butter, um, you know, and and their company, Big Kaiser, I mean, they, they are. You know, when the aerospace guys need something because they're working on Inconel to machining it down to, you know, basically smoke, you know, angstrom towers. Th these are the guys you're, you know, you, you talk to Big Kaiser, you know, about their work holding stuff. And so it's really leading edge, but they make it so accessible and approachable and user friendly. Um, and he's just uh, just had such great insights and experience about that engineer to sales and marketing and mm -hmm. uh, to the company's credit, putting someone like that in that role, uh, Jack admitted it helps break a lot of ties, you know, cause you can, you help overcome the obstacles that all three of those areas might be having. You know? Yeah. I think, I think what was so cool for me and for our listeners is Jack is one of the first people engineers yeah. that I've ever met who actually also understands and values sales and marketing. Yeah. I almost right. fell out of my chair. He yeah. really gets it. And so for anybody listening, go back and check out that episode yep. with Jack Burley. If you've thought about 
starting a blog for your company and you're just not sure, is it really going to be worth the time? Um, How are we going to, what if we run out of content? Mm -hmm. Little tip, you won't, especially (laughs) if you understand your audience and what is challenging them, what is lighting them up. It have a good content strategy. You'll never run out of content. And Jack will walk you through how they do it at Big Kaiser. I was really impressed. Um, They hired, they work with a firm, um, a marketing firm. Sadly, it's not felt, but that's okay. They're doing a great job for them. And um, they help them with content. They, he also puts the responsibility on different people in the organization and says, hey, need a blog post from you next month and from you. So it's not on one person. And it's this different um, perspective all the time. I was really, really impressed with that. So Mm -hmm. if as a listener and a manufacturer, you've thought, God, you know, we really, is a blog worth our time? Mm -hmm. And how do we go about doing it? And then how do we leverage it? Check out that episode with Jack. You'll be enlightened. One of the, one of the threads that we're going to, we'll keep picking up on as, as we go along, the engineer in him uh, kind of made him, he built processes around this stuff. So it wasn't like yeah. we throw it over the wall and now it's the responsibility of the marketing department. It's like, no, he, he built the he process, got the, got the outside help where they need help, um, has the regular, you know, he created routine around it and mm-hmm. metrics and those types of things. And it's, uh, that's what's necessary. You don't have to be an engineer to build that. They're just predisposed to do it and, and more companies should. So that, that was awesome. Yeah, and definitely de-siloing sales, marketing, and operations. Yeah. It's bringing them together. Yep. What a concept. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Mr. Windbound himself. Ah, Greg Michio. Yes, he is. Episode D. 31. Yes, the, indeed. The inventor of the digital twin. Well, sort of, for marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what was so cool about his his uh, concept of the digital twin. With I mean, he is the king of content, and not just for anybody, but specifically for manufacturers. Which, of course, that's I love that he -hmm. gets it. He can take technical information and really bring it to life, make it interesting, um, pull the story out around it. And with his digital twin, you, he said, you know, so many customers are searching for answers online. Marketing must also create a digital twin, but not of a machine or a process. You need a digital twin of your sales team so that it's working while they're sleeping. Man. And one of the, one of my favorite quotes from him was as we move into industry 4.0, creating a digital twin of your sales team online is crucial. Be there when your salespeople can't. Yeah. Well, let's take that back. What did Kurt Anderson say? You want your customer to be able to make a buying decision at midnight on Friday yep. instead of having to wait till Monday. Yeah, yes. That's having that, that digital, you know, footprint out there, whatever that looks like, you know, but you, it has to, it has to be there. 
and and part of it too i liked uh, a quote i grabbed from stop keeping your secrets a secret yeah you can share your genius without spilling all the secret sauce <laughs> which which is true because as a you know i'm a mark you know marketing geek you know i like i like dabbling i'm not an, i'm not a ninja like you but i like dabbling and you you go to uh, windbound's website and it's like he's telling everybody everything not really he's He's sharing the genius of his firm's experience, yeah. you know, out there to really do it is a whole nother, you know, that's, that's where you really need to pick up the phone and get, get a hold of them. But uh, yes. And we've, we've um, collaborated with manufacturers and I think that's the coolest part is, you know, felt will help them strengthen their brand infrastructure and, and really firm up those roots. And then he's the guy with his team that can help bring that content to life, you know, really fire up your content engine yeah. and, and really hit the mark. Like, yeah. it's not like you have to handhold or get him up to speed. Mm-hmm. They already speak your customer's language. So they already speak architect. They already speak distributor. Yeah. Um, they totally get how to connect the dots yeah. and, and really help you bring out your personality and, and find your voice. I think that's what I love about Greg. He's an awesome guy. Very prolific on uh, on LinkedIn. You got to follow yeah. him. Uh, so you, you got to find him there. He's a regular participant in some of the Exit Your Way roundtables. Uh, you hear him on stuff with Kurt Anderson. So he's he's. you need to get in his orbit and, and see the stuff that he's uh, pumping out. Recently, he's found some amazing statistics on what's working, who's responding how, in what industries he's got access to some crazy reports on some things. I don't know. I don't know what he, uh, I don't want to know how he gets them, but uh, <laughs> his name does end in a vowel. I'm just saying. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, Awesome guy. Moving on. We had Mr. Rich Sade. Ah, episode 32, the race yeah. to manufacturing 4.0. Yeah. And so many other things. Rich, yes. What a, what, a, what a great guy. What what stood out for you? Do you uh... You know, he had so much uh to share with our listeners. Um he he retired and like so many manufacturers that we know and stories we've shared, they still got one more in them. <laughs> you know, they just they retiring is really not an option. So the exact reason that he is looking to purchase a manufacturing operation right now mm-hmm. and and I think really reignite it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I love about his spirit and what he brought to that episode. And he said, you know, I guess this is the thing I liked. Um, if you want to get in the manufacturing 4.0 game, walk before you run. Start with one machine, pay attention to the data, and, you know, he said it's it's like starting somewhere, but or starting something, but make sure make sure you start somewhere yeah. and it starts small and then you can scale. Yeah. But don't wait or don't bite off more than you can chew. You know, yep. either yep. scenario would be bad. Well, I think he's he brings uh, such a a well-rounded operations perspective because he's done turnarounds, you know, before he's an operations guy, he's worked, he's really worked front door to back door in operating environments. And, and to go along with what you said about, 
you know, industry four, excuse me, industry 4.0, industrial IoT, you know, those types of things. Buzzwords that may be frightening some people or that they're not sure about. He really has a holistic view. What, what I had grabbed, he says, you know, uh, equipment, uh, operations, processes, and sales, it's all important. Look at, look at it from 40,000 feet. Um, look at it that way first. Bring it together to create a holistic system. Yes. So that's, you know, it's like, here are all the pieces. You, you can't, you know, you can't run the business in isolation. Well, I'm good at sales. So I'm only going to focus here and everything else will take care of itself. It won't. You know, you really have to look at all of it. And with that perspective, to be as excited and knowledgeable about Industry 4.0 as he is, you know, is uh, uh, that's that's somebody that uh, I think manufacturers that are on the fence are not sure about whether well, we want to do this sort of thing or not. Rich is a guy you should be following or at least reach out to yeah. because uh, he, he speaks manufacturing and can give you some real good insights. For sure. For sure. He, he is. Um, yeah. It's like, I think he would laugh at this. You can teach an old dog new tricks, but I think you got to be curious and oh, want yeah. to learn. And that's what is so uh, amazing about him is that mm-hmm. he's not, you know, a 20 something and he's very much on this growth trajectory in terms of yeah. learning and innovation and, I think breaking tech down so that it's understandable and so that it really works for the organization and also a de-siloing guy, which is one of the reasons I loved him is again, de-siloing marketing sales and operations and really connecting them. Yep. Yep. Nailed it. Nailed it. Thank you for listening to MFG out loud with Ray Zaganto and Allison DeFore. You can subscribe and find show notes at mfgoutloud.com.